Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to the Simply Vegan podcast, brought to you by the team at Vegan Food and Living, the UK's best-selling vegan magazine. I'm Holly Johnson, and each Tuesday I get together with my colleague Molly Pickering to share what we've been eating, what's got us thinking, and the new products that are worth trying. And don't miss our Thursday podcast, where we chat to some of the leading names in veganism. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, we'd love it if you hit the subscribe button as it helps us to rate in the charts. It also means you'll be alerted to every new episode of your favourite podcast. If you're anything like me, life can quickly become chaotic and finding fresh and nutritional vegan recipes can become another thing to add to the to-do list. Our best-selling magazine, Vegan Food and Living, is on hand to help. You can join us today and try an issue for just 99p by visiting veganfoodandliving.com forward slash podcast or using code podcast when you order with us. You'll not only receive the magazine to your door, but also have access to thousands of plant-based recipes at your fingertips in our digital magazine archive, which is fully searchable and simple to use. Join us today and make cooking delicious vegan food that bit more exciting by visiting veganfoodandliving.com forward slash podcast. This episode is sponsored by California walnuts, which like all walnuts are the only tree nut to contain a significant amount of omega-3 ALA, which is good for your heart and overall wellness. The taste and texture of California walnuts makes them a versatile ingredient for all kinds of plant-based dishes. California walnuts absorb the flavours of other ingredients and give your dish a healthy crunch. 30 grams of California walnuts offers 4.4 grams of protein and 1.4 grams of fibre. For great tasting walnuts, keep them in the fridge or for longer storage, place them in the freezer for up to 12 months. So why not grab a bag of California walnuts next time you're shopping? Make sure you check the pack for produce of California or produce of USA. 
To find out more, visit californiawalnuts.co.uk. For today's show, I'm joined by Monk Coleman, life coach, author, meditation instructor, and three times natural pro physique bodybuilder. Um, that's quite a quite a lot of <laughs> things on your CV, there, Monk. How are you? I am doing well. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's lovely to have you on the show. I'm really looking forward to chatting to you and hearing about your story because it sounds a, a really interesting one. Do you want to tell us a bit about yourself and how you about your journey and when you went vegan and things like that? Yeah, um, um, I was born into a very poor household. Um, and my father passed away when I was about three and a half and there were seven of us and just my mom, you know, my mom did the best she could. She was a miracle worker, but you know, we didn't have a lot. We, but we, we had food and that was the most important part, you know, and she loved us, but she couldn't give us the attention or the things that we needed because there were so many of us. Yeah. Right. We didn't get stimulated like we should have got stimulated. So um, a lot of us fell into addiction and, and other things like that growing up. And then from that point on, uh, as I was getting older, you don't really know how to make the best decisions for yourself because what you were taught does, does not create the optimal outcomes so you keep on trying everything, trying to get it right. But it's just like you're walking around in the dark. You have no guidance. And when you have no guidance, it becomes very tricky and dangerous. So you don't know how to process your emotions. You don't know how to process anything that you're receiving right now. So I found the miracle cure for all of that, the way I was feeling internally. And that was alcohol. That was my miracle cure. So the way I was feeling on the inside, the insecurities, the traumas, the things I needed to heal from, the things I didn't know about, the things that I was worried about or concerned about, uh, the way I felt about myself all could be cured with this one thing. But the problem with that is you have to continue to use it or even more to get the same effect. So I didn't know what I was, I thought I didn't have a problem. I didn't know why I started to use it the way I was using it, but it made me feel okay. And the more and more you use it, you're still not feeling okay at some point. Yeah. Now now you're just fully in. The hangovers are longer. The usage is more. And it's creating this chaos in your life. Like all your decision-making starts to drastically decline. So everybody knows when you start drinking alcohol, immediately your decision-making, it changes. You can have the first drink and it starts to change. By the end of the night, you're making decisions you wish you never would have made. Yeah. It immediately dumbs you down. And I don't care who you are. I don't care if you think you have control of it. You don't. a matter of fact, the only reason why we drink alcohol even on a social level, is to change our state of being. Yeah, We are not okay with who we are right now. So when you go to a social thing, say, I need a drink to loosen up. Well, you're saying, I need a drug to make me act the way I want to act. Yeah. 
to be completely and fully myself. I need a drug to make that happen. What I learned about a drug or a substance is not the actual substance that gets you high. It's the suppression of the lower parts of you that allows the high to be exposed. So since this is the case, that means that high is really naturally in us. It's an interesting way of looking at it. So anytime we feel something that's in us already, for sure, we're just using a drug to feel that feeling, Yeah. right? And that's why so many people that are on drugs, like it feels so good because they're feeling the higher parts of themselves and they don't want that to ever go away. But in real life, that, that can't happen yeah. unless you're <laughs> consistently on drugs, right? <laughs> you have to maintain this feeling, but there's a way to get there naturally. And it's going to take a lot of work and it's going to take a lot of healing and it's going to be without drugs to do it. So when it, when I got to my rock bottom place with, with the alcohol, I went on a trip to uh, Miami and I was uh, ready to spend the week there. And I woke up one morning after, after the first night of drinking all night and, and I was urinating blood the next morning. So this is when I knew I really had, I had an issue. I had a problem, right? So with drugs or alcohol, there's always a price to pay. Uh, For a a very easy example is the more you do the night you're partying, the bigger your hangover is going to be the next day. Yeah, (laughs) I think we've all been there, haven't we? So true. That's like the microcosm. Now, the macrocosm is extended periods of doing this. There's going to be a bigger price to pay at the end. And I was paying that price. But I didn't know how to stop because I've been doing it for so long. So I continued, believe it or not, for several months. And then I had to make a decision one night after a party. It was like, do I want to be here or not? My dad passed away because of his lifestyle and his late in his, I think, 36 years old. I'm 38 this time. Wow. That's so young. So, yeah. So I was, I was repeating the cycle, the same thing, you know, how he was living his life. I was living my life the same, even though he wasn't there. And we all know now that trauma could be passed down uh, from your parents and grandparents and so on. And I was at that point where I was a perfect reflection of him. And I had to make a decision where I want, whether I wanted to be here or not. And I did. And I, after that party, I was like, this is it. It had, it either has to be just ride this thing out and not be here, or it has to be all the way. It was all the way or nothing. How did you, you know, come back from that? Because it is so hard, isn't it? Even for someone who, you know, like I don't consider myself addicted to alcohol, but it is a part of my life. And if someone said you have to stop drinking, I would find it difficult. So for someone who is completely addicted to it, it must have been extremely hard. Well, you have to think about it like this. And if we start to ask ourselves, why? Like, why do we need it? Why do we do it? If you keep on working backwards, there's going to be the root of why you do it. There's always a cause and effect in every single thing in life. So you're not doing it 
just because. There's a reason why we're doing it. There's a reason why we want to, if it's just a minor or just a, to escape just for a minute, there's a reason for doing that. Mm. And we have to understand that alcohol is poison. This is why it, when you abuse it, this is why, you see, when you, when you don't abuse it, you're just taking small doses of poison. And if you just look at it like that, that sounds crazy in itself. I'll just take a little bit of po- a little bit of cyanide every once in a while. I won't take <laughs> big dose. Yeah. Right. So you have to know that it's poison and all the health benefits. That's all BS. There's no health benefits. These are people trying to sell you something. Yeah. That's all that. A little bit of wine. Well, three bottles in. What do you think it's really doing? <laughs> right. You think it's really making your heart healthier? What What, what is that all about? Yeah. But if we go backwards, we like I said, there's always cause and effect. Why are we doing? And I tell the you know some of the younger people that I coach that drink, I'm just like, but why do you do it? They can't even answer that question because they haven't given the invest. They haven't investigated like they should. Mm. There's a reason why you're doing it. And when it comes down to it, there's healing that needs to take place that you haven't addressed yet. When I hear people say, oh, man, I had a hard day. I need a drink. That's a perfect example of I need to escape what I just experienced today. Yeah. And that that is dangerous because everything that you don't deal with, you suppress. And eventually, whatever you suppress is going to be expressed, whether it's through uh, a blow up with your partner, whether it's through disease in your body. When we store these things, it has a physical effect, not only an emotional effect, but a physical Mm -hmm. effect on us. So the best thing to do when we have a hard day is to be with that hard day, to process that hard day and not to store that hard day. So when my alcohol consumption came to an immediate stop, and that's been almost 14 years now. Amazing. I didn't know what to do with myself. I was anxious. So usually I only smoke cigarettes when I drank. But now I didn't, I wasn't drinking. So I was smoking cigarettes when I didn't drink. Yeah. <laughs> I was so anxious. I didn't know what to do with myself. It was such a part of my life. I didn't know what to do with myself. Like the days that I felt, and I didn't drink every day. It wasn't like I was on the corner. If you would have looked at my life, you were like, oh, he just likes to party a little, you know, party a little bit. Yeah. That's where I was, right? It wasn't, people think, oh, you had a drinking problem. Like you was out there really bad, you know, peeing on yourself in public. and do. I wasn't that guy. I was just going to the clubs and partying and doing the thing. Yeah. Right? So- I didn't know what to do with myself because usually when it got to a point of feeling uncomfortable, I just go have a beer or something and then I'd be better. But now when that feeling started to come, I just had to be with it. Yeah. But what happened was I was very irritable and I was very short. I was always, um, I was playing the victim and people bothered me now. You know, I used to be the friendly drunk, you know, you know, I always had pretty good mood and all that stuff. Now I'm just like, why do I have to go through this? Why do I have to give up something that was such a big part of my life that helped me to cope? So did you, you didn't go to rehab or anything? Nope. You managed to just do it on your own? 
Nope. So about, about maybe about a year into it, I'm like, I need to do something because this is hard. And I don't know how meditation came into my awareness, but meditation came into my awareness and I started to um, implement meditation into my life. Right. And I started to do it on a really regular basis. And I had to look it up. That's how much I didn't know about meditation. But I had to look it up and I just start sitting every day and I remained sober. And then I started to, to change the way I felt and the way I was thinking. So med- people think meditation is some kind of miracle pill, pill, but it's basically being present in the present moment, which is the only thing that even exists. Mm-hmm. So when you are able to be in the present moment, because the past is gone and the future never comes. It's always the present moment. Always. Every thought, every action, everything you do is always in the present moment. Even if you're thinking about tomorrow, you're doing it now. So to connect to the present moment in the source, which is in the present moment, but now you're starting to connect to it, it starts to transform you from the inside out. I didn't know this what was happening to me. But I just knew that things were getting better. I was feeling better. Um, I wasn't as anxious. And then I started, a weird thing happened. I started to really start to care about myself. And I started, and then I, you know, I eventually, I mean, within maybe six months or so, I stopped smoking cigarettes too. So I started to really care about myself. And I started to move back to loving myself. Because we all love ourselves when we're born because that's what we are. But then we're given a story and then we see things and we start to move away from who we are. Yeah. So once this story is solidified within our minds, we have to act according to that story. Yeah. And a lot of times that story is dysfunctional. So what you believe about yourself and what you believe about life and others, this story could get you in situations you don't want to be in. And that's what it did with me. If you only believe you can do so much, if you, and you look at your parents or your parent and the, the family dynamic, this is what you think life is supposed to look like. So you create that at a subconscious level. You create the same scenarios. Mm-hmm. And this is how things get passed from one generation to the next. You see it. It's downloaded into you. It's like your hard drive. And then you manifest it, not even knowing. That's thing you know, you are your parents. You're doing the same thing. <laughs> I've got children. I'm freaking out right now thinking, oh, my God, what, <laughs> what am I doing to them? But it's so true. Yeah, I mean, you know, none of us necessarily mean to do it, but you, it just happens, doesn't it? Because you're just living with them and picking up those habits. Until you realize, until you realize that your whole life was created for you, you're never going to live your purpose. You're never going to do what you came here to do because you are living somebody else's life. Mm. I don't care who you are. I don't care if it doesn't have a lot of dysfunction. You're going to feel at some point, if you're not living your life, even though you have the picket fence, the two kids, the good career, you're going to feel like something's missing because it's not really you that's living this life. This is your story that's living this life. Mm. So you wonder why you, you don't, you're not content or you're not fulfilled. Oh, maybe I married the wrong person. So you switch partners. Doesn't make a difference. 
Maybe it's the career. Maybe, maybe. Let me switch, switch jobs. It makes no difference. We have to let go, completely strip ourselves down to the metal and connect to who we really are. And then our life will change. And it will change in a way that you are fulfilled and you are aligned and you're living your life. And you're doing what you came here to do, not what your parents wanted you to do, not what your husband or wife expected you to do, but what you came here to do. And then your life takes on a whole different outlook within. You're more at peace. You have more joy because you know that this feels right and there's nothing that's empty. So I think a lot of times when people have everything on the outside that they thought they checked off all the boxes, this is what I want in my life and I'll be happy. And then they're not happy. <laughs> this is why. Yeah. And it's very confusing, I think, isn't it? Because you aim for all these things. You Like you say, the big house and the and the career and the children or whatever. And, and you get there and it's like there's still a little bit of emptiness. So, yeah, that's sort of powerful stuff. What, at what point did you discover veganism then? I kept medita- meditating in a few years into it. I'm, I'm being more connected to source. I'm being more connected to I, I, everything is one thing. We're all just taking on different forms. So I'm, I'm being connected not only to other humans and in, in suffering. And I started to care about people that I never used to care about before. I'm, I'm realizing the connection that we all have. And about three years into it, I was eating at a restaurant in Oakland and it was a meat based like restaurant. It was like a breakfast spot, almost a lot of bacon, ham and all that stuff. Right? Yeah. But I was with a friend of mine and I ordered um, a vegetarian omelet with no meat. And I, I don't usually do that. And she goes, are you a vegetarian? <laughs> and I said, yes. <laughs> The crazy part about it is at that moment, I knew that I was not going to participate in eating meat anymore. I didn't know why. So I had to look it up. First thing that I looked up a couple of things as soon as I left that meeting, I looked up bodybuilding and vegetarianism because I didn't know what a vegan was. Then I looked up, well, why did I say that? Like, why did I answer the question that way? And I found the answer to be very interesting. The one that I, I took up, there were several things in there, but the one that really resonated with me was, it said, I didn't want to do harm to other beings, yeah. beings, not people, just beings. I, I came to a subconscious understanding that these other beings suffer. And I didn't want to be a part of it. And I said, well, that's interesting because even as a meat eater, if I had to kill my food, I wouldn't be able to do it. Mm. And that just goes to tell you, anybody out there that's listening to this, if you would not kill everything that you eat, that means deep down inside, you know, it's not, it's not aligning with your spirit. Mm. Yeah. You know, you don't want to see the violence or see suffering, but you just choose to look the other way. And we have to be very conscious of this. Why are we being part of something that we don't even agree with just because of our program? And this is what I'm saying about really being who you are. We're given our diet. We're given our religion. We're told what race we are. 
were given a name. And de depending on what political party your family is affiliated with, you're usually the same. So, of, a, of course, we think our diet is whatever our diet is, but it's not our diet. It's the one that was forced on us and we had to agree to it at one time. Yeah. So since we're so much living in the program, we feel we can't do without that. If you were in the same body, the exact same DNA, and you were raised in a different house, your beliefs about life would be different. Beliefs are always subject to change. What? At what point did you start bodybuilding then? Was that before? Did I start? Yeah. I so I was, always, I was always in the gym trying to, you know, be in shape even when I was living that life because there was benefits to it. And I, I wasn't even talking about like benefits as far as health. I just wanted to look a certain way. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I was already doing that. I was in, if you looked from the outside, I was in great shape yeah. then as well. After I learned about why I stopped eating uh, uh, meat, I was like, okay, that makes sense to me. It yeah. totally makes sense to me. You know, I came home and I was like, I told my wife, I'm not eating meat anymore. And she's like, good for you. I'm still eating it, right? <laughs> she, she's a vegan as well now too, but um, I was still eating eggs and I was still not checking for milk. I'm like, well, that's a lot, you know, Yeah. that's a, that's a, that's a, that's too much. I mean, the meat, that's one thing, but I ain't trying to check all the packages and whatever. Then I seen a video on the egg process and the milk process. And I immediately stopped that as well. Yeah. And then it just got the rabbit hole that started getting deeper and deeper. Then I was like, all the clothes that I, all these leather shoes and stuff, we packed them all up, put them in the trunk of the car, put some bananas and oranges in there, took them to my old neighborhood, popped the trunk, gave everything away. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> so that's how I got to that point. And, and to me, veganism, and I think a lot of people have a very short-sighted view of it. I think veganism, well, veganism to me is unconditional love for all beings, not just animals, for people that may hate you, everyone. And just like I was talking about, we all have our stories. We all think we're something we're not. And people that are raised in certain, they have certain beliefs and that's not them. And I'm not going to take it personal because the only thing that can transmute any fear-based belief and everything falls under fear <clears throat> as far as the negative aspect of life. The only thing that can transmute that is love. So why would I give them anything else besides love? Because when they do better, we all do better. When they heal, we all heal. So why would I be throwing my low energy, my low vibration into something that's already low? That makes no sense. So what effects did you notice when you went vegan? What changes do you notice? Well, I, I didn't know how to do it. So basically I just took the meat from my diet and just kept eating the same thing. So, <laughs> yeah. so it was kind of crazy, but I could tell instantly like the digestion and stuff was completely just changed. It was like yeah. mind blowing. It's been, it's been almost 10 years now, but it was just, I remember it was just mind blowing. I'm like, wow, that's crazy. Um, and then I started to even be more connected. People don't understand when it comes to energy, like the energy you put in your body. Everything has an energy um, is imprint on it. And when you eat that energy from the animals and the way they were treated, 
it become it, li- it literally becomes you and people don't understand that you are what you eat is a is a, a literal statement it's just not like oh you eat donuts you get fat no that's not it you are what you eat all the way through the whole pop process energetically as well so when you're eating this flesh this flesh has an energy in it and you're taking that energy into your body and it, you're breaking it down and it becomes you Without food, we don't exist. So that food is actually becoming you. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I noticed I was being more connected, removing this, this energy from my system. And now it makes sense to me why a lot of people that do have a meditation practice do not consume animal products mm-hmm. So when you speak to people about veganism, do you find that people are quite sort of, I mean, California, I imagine a lot of people are vegan. Is that? that Well, it depends. See, people got California thinking that everybody is vegan and and everybody is acts a certain way, but it's not true. Even from LA to the Bay area and I'm in the Bay area, we have a very different vibe. Right. We talk different. We move different. We have different things. Just like, like, just like, like I said, we're all conditioned beings. So whatever area you're in, you're going to pick up the accent. You're going to pick up the way, you know, the style, the, the everything. Yeah. What we do as humans, but in the middle of the state, it's more like Texas, very conservative, very meat based. There's, there's cow farms everywhere. Yeah. You know, the same thing. So in California, we have all different dynamics as far as the people and how they live, but in the main urban areas like the Bay and LA, yeah, there's a lot of veganism mm. in these areas. Yeah, it's shocking seeing the scale of some of the farms in America, isn't it? I mean, crazy. That's just, and you see the runoff and the waste from from the animals, and the whole area is just completely polluted. It's it's just unbelievable, really, that it's still allowed to happen in right. this day and age. So. We drive to LA sometimes. It's about a six hour drive oh, but wow. on the way six there hours. God. yeah you know California's a long state yeah so, <laughs> we're, yeah. we're so different here I mean we're just in such a small country compared to yeah so it's a long drive but on the drive they have two big cow farms and it's it smells for like five miles it just there's just thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of of cows are on this just standing there just full of feces and just dirt and it it's it gets to 100 degrees out there and you're just standing around waiting to be slaughtered and it's heartbreaking how do you how do you cope with that personally because it's something I really struggle with just the thoughts of all those animals kind of suffering it's something that really I mean, I, I find it very difficult to watch any of the documentaries because I literally have nightmares I'm sort of yeah, I, I don't watch. I don't watch. The, I recommend the documentaries, but I don't watch them. Yeah, <laughs> because if you, I started to watch um, uh, Earthlings, and I got a little bit into that, and I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. I already wasn't doing it right. I didn't yeah. watch the videos till after I was already, I was already there. So I mean, yeah. I didn't think I needed to continue to watch it. It's just gonna cause me, you know, my heart to ache just watching this process happen. Yeah, uh, we can only do the best that we can do as individuals, right? And and I think the most important thing it comes with, with me is I don't push veganism 
on anyone. I believe whenever you push something on somebody, even if they change, it's going to be temporary. Mm -hmm. I try to help people to understand what it is, right? I will, I will insert it into casual conversations and just give information from a loving, not a judgmental place. So they're going to receive it in a different way. I think anytime you do anything from a judgmental place, you're going to get that same energy back. Definitely. So I'm like, have you ever thought about this? Right. From a loving place. Look, I've, I've had people joke to me about it. You know, I would like, it's funny. And I know a lot of vegans get upset when that happens, but I got to stay in the energy. I want them to feel and receive from me. The minute I start going in on them, is the minute they really reject whatever I'm saying. Even if it's true, even if it rings true to them, they're going to be like, the way he came at me, I don't want nothing to do with it. It's almost like the, the guy that sits outside of the, the football stadium. They want you to, to be a Christian, but he says, repent, or you, you're going to go to hell, or you know, God hates this, or God hates that. How many people you think are really going to go, oh, I want to be a part of this guy's tribe? <laughs> yeah. It's so true. I get so angry. I'm like, why are you shouting in the street about this? Right, right. But you're you're doing the, you're having the opposite effect of, of, if you went out there and just had a brochure and said, you know, I'd love it for you to, you know, if you ever get a chance, stop by my church. We would love to have you there. That would be so much more first of all inviting but you're more likely to have someone go oh what a nice guy i think i I mean i'm not a church guy but i think i might go stop by and see what they got going on yeah you're never gonna get something pushing like that it doesn't matter you're judging somebody to get them to be like you Mm -hmm. and i don't think it works like it takes all different types of ways to to really touch somebody. And, and I'm not saying the other ways are wrong, but the way I, I this is effective for me because I, I live from right here. So that means everything I do has to be from right here. And I think that which connects us all is that love. And I think I can really make a strong connection with somebody if I touch them there mm. instead of judge them. Because we all have that in common. I love the idea of the energy you put out is what you get back. I think that's a really powerful. That's a law. Yeah. That's a law. Even on, in the physical realm, it's a law. Yeah. You push this way, it's going to push back this way. This is how it works. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I've had a counseling session. I'm like mesmerized. <laughs> perhaps you're going to transform my life now I'm going to be like pouring the wine down the sink <laughs> yeah don't do that <laughs> I'll give it to my neighbor yeah um I mean yeah I mean I think you know you, do you think that veganism helps us to live lives that are kinder to ourselves but to others as well yeah yeah I mean it is it's it's it's, it's there's so many benefits to it and it just makes you feel better it just makes you uh, just all around feel better. And it strengthens your connection to everything that's living, mm-hmm. even the plants and the trees. You know, this the combination between the meditation and then starting to get rid of things that bring you down, like alcohol and meat and dairy and all the 
you just start to really move back to who you really are. Mm-hmm. And you move back to that light and that love that you are. The only thing that's blocking us from really having that connection is what we are doing in our own lives, right? The healing that we haven't started, the things we're putting in our body, the toxins that we're putting in our body, the not being present and making an effort to connect to whatever your God is every day, to connect, to not be present for your life. That's how people oh, what happened to the time? I'm 90 years old. Time just went by because you were never present for it. Mm. You didn't take a minute to, to be present when you're looking at flowers or trees or with your kids or whatever the case may be. You're always somewhere else. You were rushing to somewhere to be somewhere else all the time. Mm. We miss so much looking forward to something else. And it always moves. When you get there, it's going to be somewhere else. When you get there, it's going to be somewhere else. When you think you get to a place that's going to the finish, the goal line, the, the goalpost moves all the time. And you don't realize you're missing the point. It's not the goal. Every moment of every day, you're crossing the goal. But if you're not looking there, if you're looking forward, you're missing it. Yeah, I could I could talk to you for hours, Mark. <laughs> this is, <laughs> this is uh, you know, it's it's very moving the things that you're saying, and it's sort of you know very much rings true to me, who uh, a sort of an extremely busy person who always has to be on the go. Um, where can people find out more about you then? So you've got your website. Is it monketernal.com? Monketernal.com is my website. Yes. Yeah. And um, do you offer life coaching sort of online as well as in person? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Mostly online because, you know, how things are right now. But yeah, uh, yeah, it really comes down to us realizing that you are just another version of me. And we got to walk each other home and we got to show that love for each other. And if I can give somebody a little direction to get them going in the right direction to get back to being who they are. That's my job. That's what I need to do. That's what, that's what I'm here to do. And to tell people that there's, there's all, you can always, always become that person that you're, you came here to be. You don't have to stay in the same old patterns and have the same old emotions and feelings. You can actually have peace and joy in your life. Mm. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. And um, yeah, I would encourage anyone to go check out your website and follow you on social media. And um, perhaps I'll book in for a session after this. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. You are so welcome. Thank you for having me. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. 
Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.